All right, well, today we are in Matthew chapter 2, verses uh, 13 to 23. We'll finish uh, this chapter. And uh, as I read this, I want you to pay attention for any time you hear uh, something like, uh, this happened so that this promise would be fulfilled, or this prophecy would be fulfilled. Um, there's three of them in this uh, section, and um, I'll read it, and then we're just going to go back through and look at each of these uh, prophetic fulfillments. So Matthew three, uh, Matthew 2, uh, 13 to 23. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem, and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, Lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. All right, there's a, a lot of interesting things uh, going on in this passage. Uh, one of the, the first ones we should notice is that uh, Matthew is painting Herod as uh, kind of a New Testament pharaoh. So Pharaoh in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, um, has enslaved God's people. And God shows up through Moses and Aaron and threatens him and says, if you don't let my firstborn son go, I'm going to kill your firstborn son. And so Pharaoh hardens his heart and says, okay, we'll see about that. And then God brings 10 plagues on Egypt until the, the last one where God kills uh, the firstborn throughout Egypt. Anyone without the blood over the door, uh, they die. And uh, Herod is this new Pharaoh. He's hunting down this rival king and he's going to try to kill um, these children. He does actually kill uh, children. So this is um, this is similar. It should remind us of Pharaoh uh, back in Exodus. Now the first uh, prophetic fulfillment we see um, is in verse 15, and it comes from Hosea 11:1, 1, where it says, "Out of Egypt I called my son." And we've been asking all along, uh, who is this Jesus Christ? If we didn't know, if we didn't know anything about him, uh, what what would we learn? And we would learn that uh, Matthew is pointing out that Jesus is the Son, right? So Israel, uh, the nation, is God's son, and so God is taking care of Israel as if it is His own son. There's special rules for Him. Now uh, Israel failed, right? They didn't obey the covenant. They broke that covenant. And now here's this Jesus Christ, 
And Matthew is uh, quoting a passage that applies to Israel and making it apply to Jesus. And so we are meant to conclude that Jesus is this new Israel. Maybe Jesus is coming to do what Israel never could. Now, the second uh, quotation um, happens in verse 17, and uh, Matthew actually mentions this is spoken by Jeremiah. And this is from Jeremiah 31:15, And he um, just gives you this phrase about Rachel weeping for her children. Um, if you actually go back, I'm actually going to read this. Um, if you go back to Jeremiah and, and read uh, the verse that, that happens right after uh, verse 15, verse 16, it says this. Thus says the Lord, refrain your eyes from weeping and your eyes from tears. So, so Rachel's weeping. God's saying, refrain your voice from weeping, your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own border. So, uh, uh, Matthew is quoting Jeremiah, this passage, and if you kind of go back to the hyperlink and, and look at it, there's this prophetic promise. So even though there is this really tragic death of these uh, children under two, uh, there is going to be this, this prophetic hope, this good thing that comes out of it, this return from exile. And so we're already meant to wonder, uh, what exactly is this uh, return from exile going to look like? Why is it that we should stop weeping? Well, there's going to be hope, right? This is salvation. This is God with us. He's come to save us from, from our sins. Uh, the last uh, prophetic fulfillment is trickier. And it comes in verse 23 where it says, um, He came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, He shall be called a Nazarene. Now, commentators argue about what exactly is Matthew referring to here. There's a few options. I'll, I'll give you some of them. One of the options is that uh, Matthew is uh, doing some word play here on the Hebrew word netzer. So uh, this actually would be um, him referring back to Isaiah 11.1, 1, which uh, calls uh, Jesus the branch. So this branch is going to grow up. And one of the reasons I think that might be possible is because uh, tomorrow we're going to look at John the Baptist and we're going to learn, learn about this axe that is laid to the root of the trees. And Jesus is this branch that's going to grow up. So that's one, one potential option. Uh, the other option is that this is actually wordplay uh, with the, the concept of the Nazarene or the Nazarite. Um, and this would be a quote from Judges 13.5. This is Calvin's view. He quotes uh, Martin Bucer um, on this and, and would say that uh, the Nazarite is the holy one. The, the Nazarite that you probably heard about was Samson. Samson is a Nazarite. He's a holy one. And so Jesus is kind of this new Nazarite, holy one figure. I mean, the, the demons are actually going to say, you are the holy one of God. So um, that's one other option. But whatever, uh, whatever interpretation you take, uh, we must conclude that it is because he is from the place of Nazareth, right? He's a Nazarene because he's from Nazareth. So uh, Nazareth, as we'll find out in other Gospels, is not exactly a place where you would expect a lot of great things to come out of. Uh, I believe it's in John where it says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And as one person has said, the only good thing came out of Nazareth. See you guys tomorrow.